This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. WBEZ's Motive podcast takes listeners inside real-life stories to answer the question, how could this have happened? Earlier seasons tackled true crime, sexual assault, and the modern white supremacy movement. And now the investigative series returns with a closer look at the hidden world of big prisons in small towns in Illinois. Now, the first episode of season four is out today. WBEZ criminal justice reporter Shannon Heffernan hosts the podcast, and she joins me now. Hi, Shannon. Hey. You've been covering prison systems for years, Shannon. So why do you want to build on your reporting through this podcast? Well, I think the last few years you've seen a lot of focus, rightfully so, on policing, especially in Chicago, or a focus on crime. And again, understandable. But I think there's been fewer conversations about what happens after conviction. How are we handling it after that? And I think part of the reason of that is like people sort of have this assumption that they know what prison is like, you mm. know, bars, darkness is going to be hard. But uh, I think there's actually a lot of surprises when you start digging in deep and understanding things. For example, like one of the things uh, that we bring to the podcast is a historical context. Like in the 80s and 90s here in Illinois, the way we decided where to place our prisons was there were competitions. Towns really? and rural, yes, towns and rural areas that needed jobs and were going through hard economic times held these competitions to, quote, win prisons. Um, so you had chili cook-offs, parades, that kind of thing. To so, win a prison for to your To win town. a prison, exactly. Wow. So I, I think I wanted to be able to bring that kind of context to the reporting and not just do these one-off stories. Oh, yeah, for sure. And you're doing things a little bit differently this time because earlier seasons of Motive, they followed one storyline. Uh, but this season, you're following sort of several overlapping stories um, that involve the uh, Department of Corrections. So what led you in that creative direction? Right. So this this podcast actually started out, we started thinking this might be a longer thing when I got... Um, an anonymous tip about a uh, man who had been uh, in an altercation with guards and died afterwards. And um, there was suspicion that he had been killed by staff. And as we started pulling on the threads of that story, um, we found out that there were other people who had died in that same location um, and that similar guards were involved. Mm -hmm. But it became really important to us not just to tell the story of this man and those guards. Because if you do the story that way, it becomes a story of bad apples. You've probably heard that cliche, you know, like the bad apples, Absolutely. right? It's almost corny at this point, that, that phrase. Uh, but, but when you tell a story that way, it obscures what's happening. It erases the larger systemic issues. And we knew if we wanted to paint a bigger portrait, we wanted to show the whole orchard we were going to have to do multiple stories. We were going to have to move to a lot of different spaces and talk to a lot of different people. Yeah. So that landed us on this format. Well, I want to play a clip from the first episode. And a quick warning, this podcast has descriptions of violence. Uh, here is Roger Lattimore. He's speaking about a blind spot in a corner of the Western Illinois Correctional Center. That's when I was pushed really hard again onto the floor this time. It was quite obvious that it was done to be outside of the range of cameras. At that point, the officer on the left starts kicking me with his boots over and over again. It was very terrifying. I thought I was, this is the way I die, is I just, I get kicked to death. Yeah, so he's talking about the blind spot you just mentioned. So what else should we know about the story? Sure, so the blind spot is a location inside Western Illinois Correctional Center where there are no cameras. And we learned that people were being uh, beaten in that spot. 
Um, and one of the things that really stuck out to me about Roger's story in particular is we got our hands on his medical notes. He was taken to the hospital after this, had some rib fractures, some abrasions. But the nurse wrote into her medical report that staff weren't allowing her to take pictures, that Roger Latimer wanted to talk to the police. And they told her if he keeps insisting on talking to the police, we're going to take him out of the hospital and take him back to the prison for treatment instead. Mm-hmm. And so we started to see this really this portrait of the way a cover up can happen wow. and how many people have to be involved in a cover-up of that sort to be pulled off. Yeah, and as you said, you started to see similarities, right? Yes, there, exactly. There were more Roger Lattimore's out there, more stories like this. What did prison staff have to say about his particular story? So prison staff have been hesitant to talk, a little unsurprisingly, um, but we were able to get our hands on reports they wrote from that day. Um, one of the things that struck me was a staff member who reported that another staff member had told her that these things were happening in segregation. Or we got our hands on an internal affairs report where they had identified this blind spot uh, years before what eventually became a man who would uh, allegedly be beaten in this spot and died. His name is Larry Irvin. Mm. Um, And so it became very clear to us that this was a known thing. And speaking of Larry Irvin, uh, two of the guards that were accused of his death, they're on trial. That's right. That the right? trial started today. Okay. Um, so they're doing opening statements. There were three guards who were uh, charged with violating his civil rights when they allegedly uh, beat him uh, to death. Uh, and those guards are going on trial right now. So we actually have somebody there in Springfield watching the trial unfold. And we'll have more information as we watch that. There'll be more to update on WBEZ's Motive podcast, for sure. If you're just tuning in, I'm Sasha Ann Simons. This is Reset, and that is WBEZ criminal justice reporter Shannon Heffernan. She investigates the hidden world of big prisons in small towns in the new season of Motive. And the first episode of the podcast is out today. Now, uh, let's do some more listening here, Shannon. The, The podcast deals with Serious issues, as we know, very difficult stories, as I can imagine, to report. Uh, but there are also some moments of joy and, right. and, and hope, right? Uh, in the second episode that is coming out next week, we're going to learn about the friendship between two mental health workers at Pontiac Correctional Center. Um, here is Jamia Stokes talking about what it's like carpooling with her colleague, Damara Bates. Let's listen. I don't speed, period. And and so Bates, she likes to drive fast. Like she was like, we got to get through this traffic. Like <laughs> you're going so slow. And so she would get so annoyed with when it would be my time to drive because we were going to get there, you know, real safe and calm versus she's going to go full throttle. So it's pretty much the same. Our driving is the same way as we kind of dealt with <laughs> situations. Again, we're dealing with heavy stuff here, right? Lots to unfold. Why include a moment like this one? Well, so by situations, I should be clear, the way they dealt with situations, they're talking about some uh, harassment and racism they faced inside while they were trying to stand up for their patients, for these men who were locked inside. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I feel like it's actually quite dehumanizing. If the only stories you tell about people are these moments of darkness or abuse, you don't get a full portrait of who they are. And... um, Quite honestly, I think there's a lot of moments of, I mean, humor and joy in this podcast that I hope come through and hope offer listeners a bit of a balm when they're listening to the hard stuff, too. Who else are we going to hear from throughout the season? Well, uh, in one of the podcasts, we hear about a uh, and from a man who went into prison with a sentence for about seven years. He had been charged with stealing a hat and getting in a fight and. Um, and then violated his probation. But he ended up with a sentence of over 100 
years. And that's because while he was incarcerated, he was placed in solitary confinement Mm -hmm. where he had no exposure to any stimulation and he started acting out. So he would do things like throw water out of his cell or throw urine out of his cell. And when they hit a, when that urine or that water hits a guard, that's considered assault. So he would get charged over and over again for this. So we look at these prosecutions of people with, and he's diagnosed uh, with uh, a mental illness. Um, And most of the people, a lot of the people who had these kinds of charges are. So we look at these prosecutions against prisoners with mental illness who are placed in solitary. And then when they act out, um, are punished for their foreigns. You get these extremely long sentences. How big of a component is that mental health It's throughout the entire series. I mean, I think we we all know it's undeniable that uh, racism is a huge part of the criminal justice system, a fundamental part of the criminal justice system. Um, I also do do think that disability and mental illness plays a huge role, too. And I I wanted to make sure that piece of it came through. It played a role in almost every story we talked about from the the mental health of the staff themselves going into these facilities every day uh, to the people who are uh, Locked inside, many who have serious mental illness. And guess what? We're in the middle of a pandemic. And we're in the middle of a pandemic, yes. Is that toll going to be part of the podcast, too? Well, I mean, I think that that's, that's running in the background throughout this whole whole thing. The, uh, it is definitely something that it affected our reporting because prisons are always difficult places to get into. Um, it takes forever to get letters. That's how we're communicating with most of these people. Um, but they were on lockdown a lot during COVID. So they couldn't get to the phones like normal. Mail was not being delivered Mm -hmm. as quickly as possible. Um, And so it became a real, a real challenge we had to think about Um, because you think about how, how much we were isolated out here and triple that when you talk about a prison environment. Exactly. And, and and talk about uh, the trust that you have to build. I mean, I'm a journalist too, and I know firsthand that can be hard to try to get people to agree to not just tell you their story, but yeah, let them record or let yes. you record them as well for the for the interview. So how do you gain their trust? Well, I think the first thing to remember is like they don't owe us anything like people. I mean, if they're not public officials, you take a very different different tact if you're talking about a public official. But 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 nobody owes you their story or their time. So I think the best way to earn that trust is you do good work that people want to be a part of. You do good work that makes people feel like if they talk to you, it's going to be important and do something important in the world. And then you put in the time, you put in the work. And um, I think there's a lot of really brave people who know the things they have to say make a difference and, you know, they show up. Yeah. And this process, I know it has been a huge effort for you and your team. Talk about the hurdles you ran into. So I've been very lucky to work with a great team. Jesse Dukes is our producer. Marie Mendoza doing our associate production. Kevin Dawson is our producer. And Rob is, uh, Wildeboer as our editor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I've been very lucky to have that team along with everybody else at WBEZ. But I think I think one of the biggest challenges, honestly, is I feel like this kind of work, it can be, uh, I've seen this on me and other folks on my team, I think it can really be challenging on a on a personal level, which is I've been surprised about how much I've personally been char- changed by working mm, on this podcast. How so? um, well, at the heart of these stories often is this idea of punishment. What what do you want done when you've been wronged? What do you want done when someone you loved has been wronged? And every single person listening to this right now has been wronged in some way. And I think it is a very natural instinct to what want punishment. Mm-hmm. And I think when you hear these stories that are talking about punishment on a systematic level, it really forces you to also think about it on a 
on a personal level, how do you how do you feel about that in your relationships? What do you want when you've been hurt? And it's forced me to really think about those relationships in in my life. And I, I you know, you don't you don't really expect that to be the thing when you go in doing an investigative yeah. podcast. But I think that wrestling with that and wrestling what with what needs to be done when something goes wrong can be, you know, I've noticed it being an emotional toll on the team and, and the project. Um, but I also think it's been a you know, a transformative experience. And I hope, I hope that it challenges listeners in the same way and helps people think deeply about that kind of stuff. That's WBEZ criminal justice reporter Shannon Heffernan. She is the host of the new season of The Motive Podcast, which you can check out the first episode today on Pocket Casts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Thank you for your time and good work, Shannon. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.